0: Hello, hello! Hey, hey! Welcome back to another episode of ISB In Depth. If you're listening to this podcast, just know that we, your librarians, are probably worn out from putting on the second annual Severe County Heritage Day. We're speaking from the past to the future, but like, we're, yes. we're gonna be tired. <laughs> yes, um, we will. <laughs> this year's theme was Christmas in Appalachia, and we hope to have seen you there, but if we didn't see you there, you get to celebrate a little bit of the magic with us. We've got the trees, Yes, we've got have some them. books. And we're going to be talking about Appalachian books after we get done with our housekeeping. So yes,
1: um, so to
0: kind of go ahead and get into that,
1: our closings this month: um, all branches will be closed for Veterans Day, which is November tenth and eleventh. Um, all branches will be closed for Thanksgiving holiday, November twenty third through the twenty fifth, and then all branches will also be closing
0: early on December seventh for our staff holiday celebration. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get to you about the New Year's closings in the. December's episode. Um, So the fine drive, we're having one during November. It's going to be the food for fines, so you'll bring two non-perishable canned items, two dried foods, two jars of peanut butter, or a combination. Just remember it only excuses late fees, not lost or damaged items.
1: Um, Also our ongoing programs, just as a reminder, show us your southern grandma. Um, Duck it all Kodak building fundraiser. Uh, veteran's tile for KFL's tile wall and then also the veteran's paver for uh, the
0: Kodak building. And those are, um, if you donate for those, those are like two separate funds. Yes. Um, The Kodak paver, I think you'll get like a form to fill out where you'll put in your loved ones name. And And I, it's a hundred dollars. Yeah. And then the KFL tile wall, it's already created, we just need to get the money and then um, they'll put it up on the tile wall. So we've got some events going on. Um, KFL, we're going to have the small business sampler, which is going to be on Saturday, November 18th, from 10 to 2. Uh, we had a bonus episode that should be up on YouTube with Miss Jessica and Miss um, Karen from Seymour. And we're really excited. I kind of, hope I work that day, so I can like buy some hot chocolate bombs and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I specifically am off and will definitely be coming, so I'm excited. Um, and then November 28th, um, which is a Tuesday, we have Bright Star Theater presents a live performance of real life Legends of Cherokee. Um, it's gonna be at 6 p.m. and I work that day, so I'm gonna have to like hover outside the door dorm. Like, mm-hmm. good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's best for grades fourth through adult. So maybe your littles probably won't get it the best. But um, I mean, everybody's welcome. Uh, and then December 9th from 10:30. I'm no, sorry, 9:30 to 11 is Pancakes with Santa. And it's going to be here at King Family Library, that's also on a Saturday. This is one of the few events that we require money for, and it's like $3, um, which isn't terrible. No, but, it's um, great. But yeah, it's one of the few that we require money for, so keep that in mind. Um, and you don't have to uh, sign up for any of these as far as you just you just show up. We've got the vendors already for the business sampler and the theater group scheduled, and so yeah. I don't think they cap pancakes at Santa. Um, so, am just going to move on a little bit and talk about Seymour.
1: Um, just as a reminder, they do have their new Habit program, which started just a couple months ago. They meet monthly on the 2nd and 3rd Fridays each month, um, but for November,
0: they're going to only meet on the 17th. Yeah. So, keep that in mind. Because we have the uh, closing. And the Habit program, in case you've forgotten or never heard of it, it's like when you bring a little, um, usually it's a dog, and they bring them in, and kids to them, because dogs are non-judgmental, and you can Mm -hmm. do your times tables, which I should probably practice, and all kinds of things. And of course, the kids just love wallowing on the dogs, especially Chrissy here. Always super sweet
1: Mm -hmm. and loving, and love to be toted around sometimes, and
0: yeah. Nothing for Kodak. They've got their fundraisers still going on. Um, So, November is International Games Month. Uh, you can celebrate that by checking out a video game behind a uh, reference desk at KFL. Um, um, just as a
1: reminder, too, we've got PS4, Xbox One, and then Switch,
0: uh, Switch Nintendo Switch, so. Although oh, we have also one Xbox Series X game, because I remember putting that in. It's one of those, like, hybrid, they can go on both. Oh, okay. Um, I think, but I know for sure there's an Xbox Series X, because I was like, oh, crap. Um, and then also we've got after-school game activities. Um both in the teen center and in the children's center. Seymour has a chess club. Um, Seth has, on Fridays, the Minecraft challenges and stuff like that for kids to do. And um, and all the branches usually have a little something going on, but I don't know if they have anything specific. Oh, and, and Ben has his after-school D&D for tabletop. And we're also um, always looking to try to get an adult group started. We just need enough interest and uh, to set a time and a date. It's hard, yeah. It's adults scheduling their lives. It's not very easy, but um, we're always waiting to hear about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so November is Picture Book Month. So what better way to celebrate than by taking your child to story time at one of our branches? Um, I want to specifically talk about King Family Library because we did add a um, a new story time day um, in September. Mm-hmm. It's when it started, but. Just kind of as a reminder, because that one has been kind of slow getting, um, you know, picked up. Wednesday is our baby rhyme time, and that is going to be in the morning from 9.30 to 10. And then shortly after is the toddler story time from 11 to 12. I see a lot of parents bring in both of their children, maybe baby and toddler. Um, They'll come in for the 9.30, stay until 10, and then leave for about an hour. Um, and they come back from 11 to 12, but they're more than welcome to stay the entire time. Um, yeah, it's super cute and fun. And, um, and then Thursday is uh, preschool story time from 11 to 12. So um, the week of November 6th is Cat in the Mail Truck, which is a super cute book. Um, so yeah, come on down and
0: see what story time's all about. It's mm-hmm. super fun. And if you can't make the story time, you can always check out picture books and go read them at home with the kids. Absolutely. I wish my parents did that for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got through that pretty quick. We um, did, actually. Yeah. So Appalachian books. Um, fun fact about Sam, I went to Berea College up in Kentucky, and they had, like, a. it's very big on Appalachia as a culture. And I think that's sort of where I kind of got introduced to the idea of being Appalachian. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really something um, we talked about. Like, yeah, we got the Smoky Mountains, but I'd never had have had that be, like, I can identify as Appalachian, and I kind of warmed up to the idea. I liked it in college. Um, I would I would have been a perpetual student if I could, like just keep taking all the classes always. Um, so if I could redo college over, I wish I would have taken some Appalachian courses. Yeah, I, I definitely
1: think I would like to know a little bit more about it. Um, you know, socioeconomic
0: issues and all of that. And I know you're gonna get into it a little bit later, but yeah. Um, so. Oh, I should have wrote down the statistics for Appalachia, like how many counties and But yeah, it, it spans a lot larger than you think it does. Yes, it goes up yeah. towards like New York and a little bit into Ohio, uh-huh. and it goes down past Tennessee, I think into Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, the Appalachian region's very big, and it's and it's very diverse too, which is what um, the book I was reading gets into. So uh, a few, few years back, back around the 2016 presidential election, this book called Hillbilly Elegy came out, mm-hmm. and everybody was really reading it, which I was I was in college during the time, so I actually didn't hear much about it, and when I did, it was on um, my friend's Facebook group, and yeah, they were and like... It, it's considered a memoir, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's his personal memoir, um, and I'll let you talk about a little bit about that just when you get to it, because um, that's what Alexis read, was Hillbilly Elegy, and I ended up reading What You're Getting Wrong About Appalachia, which is in response to Hillbilly Elegy, mm-hmm. um, and that was the kind of stuff I saw on my friend's Facebook page. They were like this isn't a good book if you want to know what Appalachia is, Right. and so it's written by I'm guessing a C-A-T-T-E. We don't have the book physically at the library, I was reading it through Libby, Um, but I wouldn't say it's probably the easiest book to read. Um, I had to put on my college girl britches and actually like think while I read it and I had to read passages a couple of times. It's very much written like something I would read in my uh, my high my college history classes, so it's probably not the best introductory into Appalachia, but um, I'll kind of give you the gist. Um, I did have to do a citation from Wikipedia just to, because I didn't read Vance's book, um, so I pulled someone's review. Um, let's see here. So, Vance is criticized for um, blaming hillbilly culture and its supposed encouragement of social rot. Comparatively, he feels economic insecurity plays a much lesser role. His resentment of those who seem to profit from the poor behavior while he struggled. So uh, an aside, uh, he talks about like welfare queens mm-hmm. and like people having phones while he's struggling working at a, a grocery store. And then it combines his values of personal responsibility and tough love, and it represented a microcosm of the reason of Appalachia's overall political swing from Democrat to strong Republican affiliations. Um, so Kate's book, Katie's book talks about the historic moment of outsiders describing Appalachia for what Appalachia is. It's always somebody from another region defining us, not people from Appalachia defining ourselves. Um, So her book starts most recently with the Trump election and how a lot of people are finger pointing. Well, that's the reason Trump won was because of Appalachia. Mm -hmm. And um, it's because they're, you know, they're white, they're they're racist, they're small minded. And, um, but even though these are harming stereotypes and stuff, they didn't just come about in 2016 as part of a larger narrative um, that spans dating back to the Civil War, and it's this idea of Appalachia as being like a separate or other entity that we're not like we're not like the rest of America. We are um, different, um, and and there's myths for the difference like it's because oh we have Scots Irish heritage. Yeah, but no, we're not predominantly Scots Irish. That was another myth kind of pulled back around the Civil War. Um, we have latino people, we have black people, we have people of all kinds of gender identities. They've they've always been around. Um, It wasn't just white people in the mines, it was uh, people of color suffering just along us, but anytime anybody came to document or put Appalachia on the big screen or on the pages, they always focused on white people who were impoverished. And yeah, a lot of Appalachia is impoverished, but it's more of economic things versus Versus Vance's opinion of you just not pulling your bootstraps tight enough. Like, there's only right. so tight you can pull them yeah, and exactly. still not make rent, so. Well, it is, I mean,
1: I think that it's easy for him to sort of make, this is obviously his opinion mm-hmm. and his experience, but I guess our point is that there's so much to Appalachia. There are so many different regions. Obviously, we here are a lot different than, like, the Miners and people like that, we have different experiences, different
0: lived experiences, so it can be har- harmful when you kind of typecast. And that's, yeah, and it's not just Vance, it's just, it's been since the Civil yes, War. Yes, yeah. um, and, and again, there's a real push for it in the 1960s with the war on poverty mm-hmm. that ultimately failed. Um, it's where uh, who was it? JFK, yeah, it was going around, and then of course he gets assassinated, so who's after JFK? Johnson picks mm-hmm. up for him. But um, JFK did his president or his, his um, tour through Appalachia. No no other president or presidential candidate had bothered up to that time. So uh, he came through, and he saw the poverty of Appalachia. He's like, we're going to make this a focus. But it was also to kind of look away from the racial stuff going on in the 1960s. They're like, look, white people are poor, too. It's not just it's white people. Come on, let's focus on it. So we, we again became, I think at one point in time I read in the book, uh, association between, we're like, we're basically in another Africa, a third world country. An agenda. A thir- yeah, Our we're a third world, third world country, country within too. the United States, and so the role of, of poverty was supposed to alleviate that, and it didn't, and it's not necessarily people's fault, it was people um, mismanaging the money, using mm-hmm. it for political purposes, and yeah. I mean, I, I, this is me picking up from Kate's research and her, I, unfortunately, have not read enough about Appalachia to be like, yeah, I agree, or I disagree, this is just what she was, um, saying so it's always um these outside forces defining Appalachia that people come in and take photographs and they put it on you know in the newspapers mm-hmm. and they're trying to get the white middle class to be like look let's let's save the poor Appalachian person the backwards Appalachian person the uh the person that needs to be um uh converted mm-hmm. and stuff especially well, and I, I even like
1: in my time living here have sensed that sense of other of them being the the other like the the poor, you know, white person that like lives the white in trash lives. and the redneck. Exactly. Like I've heard comments like, Oh, they're from up in the mountains, you know, yeah. that type of thing. So yeah. it's are definitely they're...
0: still predominant, especially even in Appalachia and here we are, you know? Yeah, so and her thing is like Appalachia people don't have to the narrative, um, and she argues that we aren't just helpless, we aren't backwards and a lot of the things like narratives leave out active participants in social change, like the Blair Mountain labor uprising. Um that was where coal miners got fed up of uh, their, their companies beating them down and making them live in these coal towns, and they couldn't afford to live, couldn't afford to get out, and then they were basically like martial lawed, and then they finally went, oh, you know, screw it. We're, um, we're fighting back, and um, it was funny because Virginia, I think in the 1970s or 80s, where they were kind of compiling a state history, and they were trying to leave that out of the history um, that Blair Mountain had happened. Um, Interesting and Blair Matt happened in 1920, um, so it might, it might have been actually in the 60s they were trying to compile, the. But anyway, or those people that run Apple Shop in Kentucky, have you ever heard of Apple Shop? Mm-hmm. I heard about it first in college, um, and it was because I worked in the archives with Harry, and we did um, sound archives and interviews and things like that, and he had heard about Apple Shop and he told me about it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, so it's located in uh, Kentucky, and what they do is, um, it started out as a radio show, but uh, they they pass messages on to people in prison who can't afford to like meet, you know, either vice It's prison's expensive. Like to to talk to someone on the phone, you got to pay so many minute money, so much money per minute, mm-hmm. and um, of course the inmates don't make money, so you have to put it on there. And if you don't have money, you can't. And then it costs money to send letters and and. So it takes time out of your day if you want to go visit, and there's also hoops and stuff you have to jump through. So, they started broadcasting um, inmates' messages for people and vice and their families to their, and it grew into something so much bigger. And um, because the idea of Appalachia being poor, impoverished, drug addicted, uh, it's everywhere in the United States. Right. It's not just, and then that Apple Shop Network helps do other um, prisons and. Well, and like you say,
1: it's everywhere in the United States, and it's sad because there's such a rich history that mm-hmm. that really should be what is highlighted versus, you know, obviously there is poverty, but also there's, you know, this beautiful, you know, tight-knit family sort of culture mm-hmm. that I
0: think doesn't always get highlighted, so. Yeah, or if it does, it's more in, like, the backwards. Yeah. You have, like, they're not going to let anybody in. They're not going to let any change in yes. there. like, oh, bless their heart. like yeah, They'll yeah. never change, bless yeah. Bless their heart. They have filled with boys, which was another thing that were. Mm-hmm. They were brought up to like the popular international level because it was convenient to be like, look at these rednecks. This is like the worst of the worst, yes, and this is yeah. this is everywhere. And it's like, no, it's it's not everywhere. Um, I would my only criticisms of her work, without like reading other stuff, um, I would have liked a little less focus on coal country because Appalachia is coal country, but also like there's other parts that don't consider themselves coal country, yeah, and right, that's yeah. part of the history. And even in Berea, I kind of when I'd hear about it, it would be cold country. And that's but and I think it's because also I was in Kentucky and there was a lot of stuff in there. Um, and then she also, and she barely just briefly touched on this idea of brain drain, which is what I'd, I'd heard some of this too in college where the idea is, um, you, you you know, you go to another higher institution or whatever, it could be in another state or in the same state or whatever, you get educated and then you leave your home because your home doesn't have opportunities for you or doesn't pay you well enough and things like that. And she, she touched on it a little bit, and she goes, we get sucked into this narrative that that's the only path for us, we have to leave our home right. to make something of ourselves instead of so staying home to build it up. And, yeah. and, and then there's also, I think I mentioned to you yesterday or something, that the idea of what education means. Um, like, we think, oh, that person's not educated because they, they don't use correct grammar, or they talk funny. or they don't, you know, know the latest trends or something like that, but they're educated in other ways. They know the time of the seasons to plant stuff, that's its own kind of um, education, and it's stuff that, they know trades and things that we might, might not know, and so, like, we're overlooking those people. Is it brain drain for people who know to make houses and things? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it, is it brain drain if it's a, a colored population and not white people? Like, it's, so, I, would have liked to have heard a little bit more of that. Yeah, the book was very interesting. The book wasn't very long itself, I think maybe like 200-something pages. Um, like I said, it was quick to read, but I took big girl bridges. I had to stop and read it and be like, if I understanding like, what am she's I telling? Me. what she's saying? Yeah, and, and I didn't for a minute, and I was like, I don't think I understand this. And then I started explaining really? to Linda at I'm like, no, I do understand her topics. Thank God for college. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, it's, it's a good book if you already have a background in Appalachian history or, um, social movements and things like that it might be a little harder for your everyday like layperson to jump into it because i read a lot of fiction now and it took just took some time to switch gears and that's with me having somewhat of a background in in work like this yeah and so just to
1: kind of go off of that it's so important that's why it's so important that we have a history center here Mm -hmm. where you can really get like more of an essence of what these these people are. You get their everyday
0: people histories, exactly. the micro-histories, not the... The real I mean, people, not just the... Yeah, not just the... number, the, or the statistic, or, or... what people say Exactly, who are. Yeah. So... so. Um, I know you read some of Hillbilly Elegy. What was your kind of
1: impression? Well, and like I said, I think that it did focus a lot on the negative, and I don't know if it's because he sort of started here and left, like you said, kind of the brain drain, which I didn't really make that connection in the beginning, but... Um, I definitely see that as, um, it's sort of like, here I am, this is what I came from, which was great, but here I'm so much better for having left, and I just don't think that's really f- a fair assessment, which obviously it's a memoir, so
0: you kind of like, have to... He's right in his own personal opinion. Exactly. But it's one yeah. of those, like, they've blown him up to explain... Every. To funny. explain why Trump won in 2016 or why. And so what was, um... What was his, like, personal background, his family like? Was there drug addicts, alcohol? Yes, all, all of the above. Um, Very hillbilly Yeah, and that sort of thing. So, And he, and I read a little bit of the reviews about it, and it's sort of like this, it's a moral failing. He's like, you know, my parents, my family are morally wrong for right dude. not not keeping a steady job and not doing this or that, or the yeah. people that have the cell phones while I don't have a cell phone, or they get government cell phones for free while I'm, working for mine like mm-hmm. those it, see i i I'm, i can sympathize a little bit with them because i didn't have a good background growing up my mm-hmm. parents did done drugs and alcohol and and you know traded stuff for food stamps and thing and like that and it's like and growing up i did have that belief that it was a it was a moral failure and i still struggle with it a lot that i'm like well why can't you get clean other people can get clean Right. Um, why can't you be a good parent you know but there's also the side of the coin of It isn't. It's an addiction. It's a sickness, and that's not really terribly talked about in our area. It's more of the moral. You're right. You you've, you've screwed up. You need to go to church. Why can't they just do better? Yeah, and why can't reason? But why can't the community help? And then a lot of the times the community we're negative against them, fighting our own. Like, is it addiction or well, is it in, in, in that case, you're
1: sort of going outside of the community to get help and resources. Yeah. So and then
0: I guess they don't come back. So, like I can I can see his negative point, and I'm proof that it also happens mm-hmm. today. And no matter your gender or whatever, and right. but it's one of those like, it's not everybody. Like I work in a building full of wonderful people that either like were raised here or came and lived here, and. Whether you want to call yourself Appalachian or not, you're you're part of the Appalachian community, exactly. and I would say these people I'm around are educated, are good people, and but they're not going to make the news because they're not sensational. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I have no plans on so leaving. So I really love this community and everything that they do. So yeah. And there was a good point too that someone made. Like you know they argue, you know we can't argue too much. This is just personal experience. You can't argue that, but um, he does touch on this idea of learned helplessness. And we see it a lot, yeah, um, like, I, with parents or stuff, like, you know, they're like, I, I don't want to use the internet because, like, you can do it for me, or why should I bother? It changes. Mm-hmm. And that itself could have been, like, a nice segue or something to look at this mm-hmm. predominant. And is it, is it something our generation's learning, or is it just a certain generation? Is it with technology? Is it, but then I don't know, there's like what quantifies sort of things like learn health is, is it, is it going to be technology or is it going to be stuff like why do, should I bother to do my taxes or why should I bother to buy a house I can't afford it like it's but then that's not necessarily the root of the issue the root of the issues of like economy and well, policy like, yeah. and things right. like that that's depressing You're the whole area but it's also depressing the whole United States it's depressing generations so it's it's a systematic wider problem mm-hmm. um like if we want to Talk about Appalachian, Appalachia we should read fiction by Appalachian authors and you know read their memoirs and then you know if Appalachia is a culture, what are things that define our culture? Is it chicken and dumplings? Mm-hmm. Is it silver packages? Is it um, things like that? So yeah. like you, know, you don't have answers to these questions. Um, you can start finding people's answers through books, um, especially in the non uh, Section. Yeah, we have and a I lot in the
1: history section. That's the point. Read widely. Read more than just
0: you know. Yeah, and like okay. Vance is right, Kate's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're right, in they each perspectives, right. and things like that. So, and you can, you can only make your your own opinion. Mm-hmm. So the more you read, the more you know. The more you know, <laughs> reading Rainbow. <laughs> so, oh, I feel like I could have a had a whole college class on this. I should have taken a college class on this, but, you know, shoulda, have, coulda, have, woulda. Have. Yeah. I have to teach myself now. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to be responsible for myself? <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess that kind of... <laughs> that kind of wrapped it up nicely, I think. Yeah. So next month, uh, when we do our December podcast, we're going to be looking at books that haven't circulated in a while. Yeah, I'm um, excited for that, I think. think. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll post a list on Facebook of them that you can, like, check out. If you're like, oh, I love that book, or I've always wanted to read that back. What, what, what do you mean it hasn't checked out in, like, five years? It's, people have long TBRs. Yeah, like, I have books that I want to read, and they've been on there for a while. So, you know, this is your this is your chance to save the book. Because if you read a book, and I think our current, like, statistic is it circulates a couple of times. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance of saving it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, if the book hasn't been checked out in, like, five years, and you read it once, then we're like, oh, um, it's stuff we look at, is, and being a librarian's not easy, yeah. Um, we could probably talk about that um, in the next one, what it means to, like, we Yeah, um, I think that's a great idea. The things that we have to think about and consider, yeah, so. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you're throwing away knowledge. And it's like, yes, but we're, no, we've, we've updated the collection, hopefully, or if there's a whole in the collection, let us know. Anyway, yeah, Absolutely. it's being a librarian's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, being a human being in Appalachia, serving <laughs> an Appalachian community that is a diverse community that is multi-religious, non-white, non-straight. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. It is. Especially when we even have to fight our own stereotypes in our heads. <laughs> we don't throw books away. Um, ben put this like underneath that spiel, like big red letters that like scroll across the street. We do not throw books away. We either put the books in the bookstore where people buy them and it generates revenue back into the library yes. or we donate them to causes of we have free book box libraries around the community we um give them to other programs and things like that and um sometimes they wind up in the thrift store but again it serves them in another fashion where they can revenue to whatever charity and people still get the books exactly i think the only time we throw away a book is if it's like a hazard like it's moldy it's literally you cannot glue it back together it's that's the only time if it's just damaged beyond repair that you wouldn't want it in your own house that's the only time we throw away a book absolutely every other book we delete or we eat or anything like that and typically
1: if it's well read we'll just purchase another
0: one yeah so. yeah especially like the mo williams is the recent one up yeah We've, oh yes uh, yeah we put his old beat up ones in the bookstore and we got some random
1: and the his. thing is i guess we kind of want them to be falling. That's that
0: the best way mad. for a book. That's the best way for a book to go. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, um, you can even do those little fires, you're like <laughs> <"Woo-doo-doo."> <laughs> we do not Throw away books.
1: Yes. Okay. So until next time.
0: Until next time. Bye bye. And thank you, Bian. We appreciate yes. everything you do.